This is 2021 on the Reposted Podcast Network, where finally we are at a point in this millennium where the millennium can legally drink in 50 states and Puerto Rico. He is Larry Two Beers Olson, and I am Andre the Giant. I just drank 119 beers in the last six hours, and I do not feel buzzed. About to I'm going to buy 2021 a couple of shots of Fireball. That's what I'm going to do. Send it down. Put it on my tab. <laughs> I can't believe this is the first sports best of the year. I, it kind of didn't. It kind of thrown me off a little bit here. Yeah, we live in a weird time vortex that most people don't understand. That we say it's a certain day, and sometimes it's not that day. And today is January first. Well, since we're going to go with the time vortex, I feel like LeBron James has been playing basketball since the Neolithic era. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you heard about LeBron James? I was in the library and I was reading a Sports Illustrated about this new upcoming player and it said it's easier for him to get a phone call from the president of nike than it is to get a haircut and he was a sophomore in high school at that point wow he was like had he had michael jordan's direct phone number the world was his oyster and he cracked the world open and got the biggest oyster you could get and he's Ooh. been doing this for a minute now he's been in the league 18 years how long has he been in the league so uh, i could be close to 18 years so yeah. He's going to have a lot of these milestones keep piling up over the next few years because he's been around a long time. The la the one of them came this week. He scored 26 points in a win over the Spurs on Wednesday night. That marked the thousandth game that he scored at least 10 points or more. He scored 10 points or more in every game since a game back in 2007. That's crazy. I think... That's an interesting stat. It makes me think of the Cal Ripken stat a little bit more about his longevity. He passed Michael Jordan, but that's because Michael Jordan took a couple of years off for unknown reasons. And it got <laughs> me down a rabbit hole thinking of like long streaks. So Chris Dudley in 1990 missed 13 straight free throws. That's pretty impressive. The UConn women's basketball team had their 90 game win streak from 08 to 2010 and I think this is the most impressive is Sugar Ray Robinson had 91 straight boxing victories from 43 to 51. Didn't uh, UCLA win 10 straight national championships? Am I wrong on that? John Wooden's team had 88 game win streak and they did have the national championships, but the total number of games can give the nod to the UConn women. Yeah. Gino Ariyama, as you well know, what's also exciting is that uh, last night when LeBron set this milestone, it was also his 36th birthday he has the highest scoring average of players on their birthday. It's somewhere around 33 points a game. He scores the most on his birthday. I don't know if that's relevant or not. That's kind of interesting. That'd be kind of fun if he scored his birthday, like when you're in your 70s and you, you're a golfer and you shoot shoot your, your yes. age. Yeah. When I was a teenager, the, there was that saying, don't act your age. No, don't act your, <laughs> act your age, not your shoe size. I was like, well, I'm 14 years old and – I wear a size 15 shoe, so <laughs> suck it. I don't act your age. Score your age. I guess that's LeBron Score James. Score your age, and LeBron, I think LeBron's doing all right. How much longer he, uh, is he going to play? You think he'll be 40? I think we've we've gone down this rabbit hole. I think he's waiting for Bronny. I think he's literally oh, yeah. waiting for his kid to come, and then he'll do whatever. Would you rather play on Ellis's team, or would you rather play against him and dunk on his face? Man, I am so unathletic that – I, this is not even the realm of possibilities. Okay. I do enjoy beating them, though, playing basketball. I don't let them win at any chance. One <laughs> other note from this game last night, Lakers and Spurs. For the first time in NBA history, a woman coached a team. Becky Hammond, 
yeah. the assistant coach of the Spurs took over because Greg Popovich got kicked out of the game. So she became the assistant for the second half of the game. She has been an assistant for seven years. She also played in the WNBA. I don't, I don't know if I'm shocked or what, but the first time a woman has ever coached an NBA team. I think it was a really big deal. Everyone made a pretty big deal about it. The one thing that was strange to me, I saw her being interviewed after, and she was just in front of a blank, like, gray wall. I feel like interviews, they normally have some kind of branding behind them, and maybe she hmm. just wasn't set up for that. But I thought that was interesting. Another thing she said that I don't fully understand, and you probably don't either, uh, two straight white guys, but one <laughs> of the comments she made was the players made really good eye contact with me. And I was like, I don't remember that kind of being a thing. But Nicole said a lot of times when she's doing stuff at work, she has a hard time getting people make eye contact with her. And I think sometimes people have trouble with uh, females in authority. And so that was an interesting thing that I didn't know. And in the future, I'm going to try to make better eye contact. Well, it's funny you say that because I looked at the picture that came with this story mm. and she's talking to the players in the huddle and all of the players are looking at it. They're not blowing her off. They're all paying attention to yeah. what she's saying. So, I mean, I, I mean, she's in the Spurs organization, so she, she's got Greg Popovich's backing. So they, they're, they're going to respect her. Yeah. But if it was any other team, I'd been like, man, nah, maybe they don't really care. But I feel like just with the eye contact test, she's winning. I feel like the Spurs and maybe the Patriots are like the last 15 years, like the most solid franchises in sports. This, like the Spurs might not be winning every year, but they're just a solid franchise. And I like that. What about the, the Cleveland Browns? No, you're not going to put them in there. I would say maybe the Spurs and maybe I would add in like the Cincinnati Bengals. It's <laughs> <laughs> the third team. Well, Becky Hammond comes in as a backup. And I think, this could potentially be a great week for backup quarterbacks. As you know, your Los Angeles Rams are trying to clinch a playoff berth after losing Super Bowl 53. Was that 53 last year? And they're going to have to do it with their backup, John Wolford. And he's feeling confident. And I'm going to say there's something in the air. As you know, Colorado played Texas uh -oh. in the Alamo Bowl. Uh -oh. And they got throttled. And pretty early on, Texas was able to put in their backup quarterback and he continued to stay on the throttle OU played Florida earlier this week and OU waxed them and OU had their backups in they even had their backup place kicker and they never let off the gas so I feel like there's something in the air with the time changing or the year changing for backups I feel good about John Wolford so I pay attention to sports college whatever so you know I'm kind of up on things that are going I think, on I think that's good because you host a yeah. sports podcast yeah but I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm not an expert. And my yeah. point is this, is that there's a backup John Wolford playing for the Rams, and there's also a backup potentially playing for the Cardinals mm -hmm. who are playing the Rams. I've never heard of either of these quarterbacks. I don't even – typically speaking, I know where the people in the NFL are from, and I've heard – I have no idea who John Wolford is. I'm going to be honest. I don't either. I don't know who he is. But and he's going to do it. Well – I think the other thing too, like somewhere they were saying, like he's he's got his like resume up on LinkedIn, like he's ready for like another job, like he's he knows he's doesn't have a stable gig in the whole wide world. That happened earlier this year. It was at the Broncos. The Broncos yeah. pulled the guy off like the practice yeah. team. He said he's he's trying to start a, a a career in medical device sales or something like that, and then he started for the Broncos and lost. 
like, I just, is the, is the NFL got so diluted because of like COVID and all this stuff that we've, they're playing these people we've never heard of before. I think they're saving all the people for when the fans come to the games. And right now they're only allowed to have fans in Texas and Florida. I don't know what other states are allowed to, but I know California doesn't allow it. Speaking of which, Andrew, thank you very much. The NFL closing on 1 million fans for the 2020 season. Ligon announced during a conference call that it'll hit the 1 million fans mark this weekend. And there have been no COVID clusters of cases because of fan attendance. There have been 102 games total with fans present so far. The Cowboys lead the NFL average. They've had 30,000 fans per game in a pandemic. Thank you. I mean, that's 25% capacity. That's <laughs> what, I mean, that's Come on, retail bro. in California is 35% or less. So I'm saying it's safer to go to a football game at Cowboy Stadium than it is to buy an Ed Hardy shirt. Like, I, I like that you brought that up. Like, five years from now, are you, we should put out a market where we start selling shirts. I went to an NFL game during a worldwide pandemic. Like, we, like that's like a badge of honor. I went to a game. I still think that the uh, – I don't remember. I should have checked this. But the Super Bowl, they're planning on having it a higher capacity than these regular season games, right? Really? In Florida. And Florida's no rules. Florida is just like Outback. You can get a blooming onion and there's no rules. Okay, wait a minute. I know the answer from me, but let's just let's just say it's like 70% capacity for the Super Bowl. Let's just uh, for funsies. You're not you're not going. No, but you would go. <laughs> Someone gave you a ticket. No, I don't like I don't like championship games. I'd go to if Colorado was playing at 70% capacity, I'd probably go. You know what? Oh, I'm gonna change my answer midstream here. I am never going to get the opportunity to go to Super Bowl. Never. I, I, don't, I mean, I just don't think it's ever going to happen. I'm just a 5'10 white guy from Whittier. So I'm saying if someone gives me a ticket to this COVID Super Bowl, I'm going. Okay. I'm going to quarantine. The national, I went to the college national championship in 2009, and it was a really cool experience, but it was like, it's just different. You have different fans there. The energy is yeah. different. It's very, there's, it's not good. Don't do it. We'll be selling shirts that say, I went to the COVID-19 Super Bowl. Yeah, you get the tickets. I'll buy the beers at the game, and then How it all works out. Get some tickets. Do you think? I still think that's going to be like even in the worldwide pandemic, it's going to be hard to get a Super Bowl ticket. Yeah, I think so. Damn. And maybe the NFL will adopt my thought that if you have a ticket, you get the vaccine, and all your ticket proceeds <laughs> go to charity, go to COVID research. We got to start that virally on the Twitters. I think so. We have a lot of followers on Twitter, so I think it'll catch fire <laughs> right away. I think maybe people might watch football more if they could have a little bit more control. The fan-controlled football league is going to launch in what? February next month, and Johnny Manziel, who we talked about earlier this week, has committed to being a part of the fan-controlled league. It's a seven-on-seven -seven football, and basically what they're doing is they're partnering with Twitch, and they have this system where you can submit play suggestions and they'll be calling the plays it feels like a live action tech mobile like what is this hey um are you reading this off a website called the onion is this like something you're getting from the onion it feels like when the xfl came about it's like oh they had a football league that that they tried that didn't really make it a long time ago and the xfl happened and there was a long amount of time i feel like people keep trying new football leagues now i guess they see the money there there was that uh, AFL, a -A 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 XFL, AAFL. No, there was something that went last yeah. fall. That lasted like five seconds. Yeah, my cousin worked for that, and that didn't work out. Damn it, cousin John, I love you. John, how's hey, your new so, best friend? 
Um, here's here's what I would say. I think for me, I don't know about this football league, but does Johnny Menzel not have any pride? Like, I mean, no. do you not just go pack it in and become like a uh, sell cars in Texas or something? Like, who would just keep putting themselves out there like this? I bet you he could do anything he wanted in College Station. He could open exactly. a Ford dealership. Yeah, he, he should do that. But also, he he has this uh he's tried to slow play it he was like well i thought i was done with football for the rest of my life but this was such a compelling offer he just wants to keep on partying and this is going to give him a little supplement to go to vegas he's really he's going to make money in this seven on seven league where i'm calling the plays on twitch he's going to make something i don't think he's going to make nfl money or he's not going to make uh under the table texas a&m booster money but he's going to make something once again I, I would go back to your point. In College Station, he could go make a boatload of money selling Broncos at some car dealership. But at some point, you have the type of personality where you want the limelight, and you're not going to have the limelight in College Station. And also, College Station is very conservative. And so him going out partying all the time, you, you, you can do it, but it's a different level than if you're hanging out at the win. Okay. Is there a strip club in College Station? Probably. Mr. Really? Problem. See, I thought you said it was a conservative city. It's very well. Maybe it's on the outskirts. It's it, Texas A&M is consistently ranked the number one most conservative. That and like Oral Roberts and BYU oh. are the most conservative universities in the country. I mean, that's uh, fine. Let's do a little bowl roundup. We had the uh, my favorite bowl of the year. I didn't even know this is a thing. The Cheez It Bowl. Oklahoma yeah. State beat Miami thirty-seven to four. Guess what they dumped on the winning coach Mike Gundy of Oklahoma State. Yellow Gatorade. No. Cheez-Its. It gave him a Cheez-It dump. Do you like Cheez-Its? Uh, you know, I, 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 there's been bowls of Cheez-Its out, and I'm like, I'm not going to eat one. Oh, because But if they stay slope. there longer for the 10 minutes, I eventually go in and eat about 10. They're, they're not bad. Do you remember Better Cheddars? Oh, love that. Those are good. They're a little wafer-shaped. I used to pretend like it was the Eucharist, and I would give myself... <laughs> The better cheddar body of Christ. Lightning. Every time I ate it. It's going to come and strike both of us right now. Um, I will say this about Cheez-Its. They do have like a bacon flavored and then like a white cheddar Cheez-It. And those are so good. White cheddar cheese is so good. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's worth it. So then that's the Cheez-It bowl. Then we had, as you know, the Duke Mayo bowl. Duke's Mayo. I didn't even know that was a man. I didn't know that was a thing either. I had to Google it. Wisconsin beat Wake Forest 42-28. Badger quarterback Graham Mertz, he's like partying with the Duke's Mayo Bowl trophy. Literally, they're filming this and drops it and shatters it on the floor into a million pieces. It's a cheap construction. They should they should hype that up. It's kind of like the uh, Stanley Cup is historic <laughs> for like being in very bad shape because everyone gets it for a day and they party with it and just toss it around. If you ever see the Stanley Cup up close, it, it gets dropped a lot. But uh, if, if I, I kid you not, if I had the Stanley Cup for like even a minute or whatever, I would take it into a closet and pee in the cup. That's what I would do. I would pee, pee in it and open. Okay. I like what they did, though, with when this uh, bowl or it was like the crystal football or whatever shattered. I feel like of everyone I know, this is the solution you would come up with. They just took a bottle of the Duke's mayonnaise and, and uh, 
it looked like red electrical tape and just taped it to the top. It was great. Those bowl games, man. I feel like the bowl games had in the mid two thousands this peak of crazy dot coms or somebody was buying yeah. it because Colorado played in the EV one dot net bowl. What is, I don't even know what EV one dot net is. I never even looked it up because I was so annoyed by it. It's 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 on the dark net. It's nasty. It's on the dark net. You shouldn't <laughs> you shouldn't look it up. Well, Larry Olson is on the watch list for athletes that might break out next year. Oh, I love this. We definitely have time for this. We have definitely enough time to talk about what sport you're going to succeed at in the watch list. Uh, there's so many athletes that like potentially might break out. It's kind of fun to start off the new year thinking about who is going to be the next big sensation. Do you have anybody that you've specifically Well, targeted? so... I was like thinking about this, like, and then I was like, well, is it going to be like, uh, I think the quarterback, the Cardinals, Cal, I forget his name. The, um, but what is the big story will be is that in theory, we're going to have an Olympics this summer. Oh, so yeah. in theory, that's where we're going to get the big breakout. Someone's going to do something at the Olympics and they're going to be the athlete of the year. To be like the Carrie Strug of 2000. Yeah, 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 exactly. It'll be like a gymnast. Exactly. What's your favorite Olympic sport to watch? The hundred, you know, swimming, archery. I don't believe that. That's not. That's not. Does it count? Archery. The sport. What was it? The biathlon where they do the this. This is the winter, but they do this the cross country skiing, and they have to shoot with the rifle, keep their heart rate down. My my Olympic because I work in the the medias. My Olympic viewing really depends on time zones, like because uh-huh. if. If it does, if it's not like live, I have to report it in the morning, but they show it on NBC at night and I'm not waiting to watch it. So, but if it's like around the time where I could take it live, I really get into it. Otherwise I got to report on it um, and it doesn't, it just does loses its luster for me. Well, I guess I'm going to say I'm happy for 2021 that you're a part of this show because it's not live and you wouldn't listen to it. So correct. For everyone that is listening right now. I'm a hypocrite. You're I'm a, a hypocrite. hypocrite. Even though that Larry is a hypocrite, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> this has been Sports Best on the Reposted Podcast Network. It's time for us to go grab a drink with the new millennium. Thanks for stopping by. Oh. <laughs>